G'day guys and welcome to the Bradley J Driver Experience. I am your host Brad and today we're here for episode 20. I want to thank you so much for sticking with us for this long. Today's guest is a highly respected real estate professional. He was ranked number nine in the country last year by the REB and he has an amazing life story that really shows that whatever it is that you're facing you can overcome and come out the other side. Highly respected and super professional. Matt Steinway, how are you brother? Good, Brad. Yourself? Mate, I'm very well. I appreciate you being here. I know you're a busy man, um, especially at the moment, adapting to the current times. But it, it was funny, to be honest, because I've got, you know, I was in real estate for the last couple of years, which I'm just recently out for two weeks now. And when I announced that you were going to come on, I was surprised how many people outside of the industry actually know about you and love what you do. So congratulations to you. You're reaching a big audience. They must have been all criminals. <laughs> well, mate, that's actually—I tell you what—it's a good segue because um, I want to—I want to speak about your life story. And I heard you were on Isaac John's podcast many months ago now. And funnily enough, Isaac's actually coming on mine in two days. Um, so it's funny the timing of everything, how it worked out. But you do have an incredible story that led to where you are today. Tell us a little bit about your earlier years. Oh, just a really brief version, I guess. It's. Uh... It's a bit like singing a song. You know how like uh, artist has a song they sing for 30 years? <laughs> it's a bit like that. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. But, uh, uh, look, uh, when I was younger, I just got in, I grew up in Maroubra, but then I moved into the city and started bouncing in there and got quite involved in the underworld in Sydney. So when I was 18 and then when I moved in there, I, I was like, wow, like there's some big, big scary people in here. And I could see they, they were running the whole undercurrent of the city. And I was, uh, I was in city gym one day and I said to a friend, um, how do you get big like those guys? And he's like, oh, that's steroids. And I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, do you want me to get you some? And I said, yeah, that would be good. So I started taking steroids and getting bigger and bigger. And I could see like the bigger people were, the more connected people were, the more feared they were. It's like a currency in that whole world. And I wanted to become one of those people. Wow. So I... Uh, I started bouncing um, in Oxford Street. That was the party place at the time. And training super hard, partying super hard. And just got deeper and deeper and deeper into the underworld. And um, soon enough, lost myself in there. Yeah. And, and you were young at the time, weren't you? You were only about 19, 20 when all this was happening. It was like 18 at the start. Wow. And, uh, and you know, I got involved with, you know people that were groups of people of all different sorts and I was pretty connected to all the different types of groups down there like the oh, it doesn't matter who they are but they're all they all sort of run everything yeah. and a lot of you know involved in all the drug thing and um, I just I just developed a reputation for just being a bit of a, a loose cannon in a way you know yeah. like I didn't have a lot of regard for anything didn't have a lot of regard for myself life people things it was just do whatever to survive and um developed a massive drug habit and i was just i was just literally just a steroid induced drug fueled maniac and obviously with that comes roid rage and like it's just a number of things hitting you at once right and you sort of spiral out of control yeah I definitely liked the scene and it's like, it's probably no different in real estate. Like you want to become number one. I wasn't going to become number one in the underworld. There's, that, that wasn't my goal, but my yeah. goal was to be, to be in there so deep that 
the connections sort of protected you in a way for life, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess that's probably yeah. what makes you so good at what you do now is like the ability to connect with people. Yeah. I was very, I was very like trusted in a way. I say trusted. I used to do a lot of things for a lot of different people. And I could, I was, even though it was the criminal world, there's like a code of ethics within the criminal world. Yeah. You know, trust is, is a big thing. Then it changed over the years and, you know, other different groups started to come in and it started to get really like, people weren't trusting each other it started to get a bit more like violentish. you know you just had to look over your shoulder all the time and started to change a lot and then I was opening the people one of the groups that I worked for were opening a brothel so I used to I used to mine prostitutes on Canterbury Road and um, for one group of people and another group of people contacted me and said hey you want to open another brothel can you go up to Terrigal and you know recruit some girls yeah, I did. I came up here. I hooked up with the bikies up here, and you know, went to the club. I'm actually sitting right across from the club that I back then. So, in the um, I live across the road. Yeah. So anyway, I I met a guy called Dino who was bigger than me. Like I'm six foot four. He'd be six foot six. Oh, wow. Big guy. Met him that night, and Karina. It was her 18th birthday. So I I said to Karina, "Can I have your number?" And like, I wanted to actually go out with her myself, but so she went to write it down. She didn't tell me till a lot later, but the bouncer grabbed her and said, I hope you're not giving that guy your number. And she said, yeah, I was hoping that he said, whatever you do, don't. And please don't say I said anything. He's the sort of guy that makes people disappear. But fortunately she did. I got her number. I went back to Sydney. Everything fell apart. Um, yeah. Everything I was involved in just absolutely fell apart badly. I ended up in a bit of a mess. Ended up just living in like this abandoned house uh, workshop thing in Campdown. Lived there for I don't know how many months, while. And then I rang Dino. I was under surveillance for a long time. And I was just going a bit crazy. And then I rang Dino and said, mate, can you come pick me up? I'm going to be dead or in jail any day. I can just feel it. And uh, so he drove down, picked me up, brought me up here. I left with pretty much what I was wearing. I was in a bad way though. Like I was, you know, a bit of drug psychosis and all sorts of stuff. And then he put me out the back of his parents' house for nine months, brought me food, helped me out a bit. And I'd been seeing Karina this whole time. And then um, I rang an ex-girlfriend after about nine months and I said to Lisa, I was like, hey, Lisa, I'm in a bit of a mess. She was in Sydney and she's like, yeah, you've left a massive mess down here. She was like, you're in so much trouble down here. So I had contracts taken out in my life, all sorts of things, because I just, oh. yeah, just didn't very well and then i said what I'll, what will i do and she goes why don't you get into real estate and i was like um, sounds all right i didn't know anything about it so i grabbed the yellow pages just rang everybody just trying to get a, i just said do you have a traineeship anything just so i can get started a lady gave me a job in kalani vale which is about you know 25 minutes down the road from here little home office i had no car no nothing dino bought me some pants some shoes and she put me in a caravan on her property um, I told her I didn't have a home and then she just said off you go and door knock. So I door knocked every day for many years. Wow. And tell me like, after, sorry, I cut you off there. Then after about a year, I ended up on Australia's most wanted and then I had to go hand myself back in. And then I went, I, um, I handed myself back in straight away. Look, a lot of other stuff happened. This is like the shortest version yeah, of the of world. Yeah, of course I can imagine. 
and I went to court. They took me straight to court. Karina's mum come and testified. This old lady who I was renting a room off, she she testified. The judge just looked at me and she said, Matt, you have that many warrants out for your arrest. She said, some of them are really bad charges. Like, she said, I just see some good in you. I'm going to give you a second chance. And um, she said, you should be today. You should be going to jail for many years. But she said, I just don't know why, but I'm going to give you another go. And um, she said, if, you, if I see you back in here, you will go for half your life. And um, so I, I walked out of there and I rang Dino and I said, Dino, I'm going to make you a promise, mate. I'm going to become Australia's best agent. And uh, that's, I never looked back. Uh, wow. I had to do community service and it took me eight years to pay back all the fines she gave me, but I did it. I turned my, and I started to turn my life around. That's amazing, mate. It's honestly credit to you and an unbelievable story because I think most people face hurdles in their life. That's what's powerful about the message that you have, but to face them at the magnitude that you did. And I can imagine going through what you're going through with, you know, like you said, drug psychosis, um, fearing for your life, literally. It's, it's very hard to come out the other side with any form of positivity. What I take from that, and, and I can imagine maybe one of the hardest things along the way, and I'd like to know what, what your thoughts were, after having that year where you started in real estate and then having those warrants out for your arrest and having to turn yourself in after you feel like you've made some positive progression, how hard was that to go back and face the old realities again? Oh, I don't know. I just... I don't know. I, it was all just like my my life was just such a painful mess. Like it was hard, but I sort of wanted to do it at the same time. I remember sitting in, I remember sitting in a church meeting, <laughs> sitting in a church meeting, and um, the day mm, I just knew I was going to go to jail. I could feel it. I could just knew things were coming. Um, but I'm sort of glad I did. When I went to the police station and handed myself in, I was sitting there. They, you know, they arrested me and or whatever. And I was sitting there, and a girl I went out with, I saw for a while. She walked in in a full uniform, and walked past me, and she was an undercover cop. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> I looked at her and went, "She's like, yeah." So there you go. Wow, you know. Um, You've, you've come out the other, other side of it incredibly. And, and that's the thing for me, you know, I, I didn't realize a lot of these things about you until I heard your story. For me, I was in, you know, a young guy in real estate as, as many people are who follow me at the moment, who just wanted to be the most professional human being I could be and wanted to learn from some of the best in the country. And I found you very early on. And I actually, it was funny coming back to message you to ask you to be on the podcast. I seen a little sort of couple minute conversation we'd had three or four years ago where you'd, you'd pop by Wollongong and I said g'day and um, we had a little chat and then, and then we're off on our way and it was funny because I thought it's, it's almost full circle you sort of you know early stages of this career for me and I wanted to share your story and many years ago I, I wanted to hear about, about how I should have approached the real estate industry but you're so well respected and, and your story's crazy. I, I can imagine that you have to relive it a lot because of these sort of interviews, which I apologize for. Um, <laughs> no, I just, I'm just mindful when people hear it, like not your audience, but you know, sometimes people have heard it five, six, 10 times. I'm always mindful of like, and yeah. just going, oh, I've heard all this before. Cause you yeah. do a lot of motivational speaking and that sort of stuff too, don't you? 
Yeah, I have over the years. Yeah, I'm going to start speaking again. I gave it a bit of a break for a while just to focus on what I do. Um, you know, I've had a pretty tricky personal life over the last few years. Like, um, I've got six kids. I've been divorced twice. Um, the first wife, four kids, she left the kids about three years ago. I took them on myself just as a single dad. So I've been juggling life. So everything's worked out good, though. Mate, and, and that's another thing for me, I guess... Anyone, any, okay, so anyone who follows this guy on social media knows you're an absolute weapon, mate, in, in the real estate space, in the gym, and in life. And huge respect to you. Like you said, you've got six children. Mate, not many people can juggle the amount of business you do, let alone the family life you have, and then at the other end of it be highly motivated to train and have yourself in amazing shape. You're in the best shape of your life by the looks of things. Um, Mate, if you're ever in any better shape, fucking hell. <laughs> you know, my goal is to be a racehorse, don't forget. Mate, I, I like it. I like it. Talk to me about the professional development with your health and fitness. How much does that help you in your professional life? I think it helps me a lot. I, I, I've always been relatively active and fit, but I worked for a long time, sort of lost myself a bit. So when I got to 40-odd, you know, I don't think I was in super good shape. I was like, you know, love handles and stuff. You would never look at me and go, hey, that guy's fat or anything. It was more just what I could be. And I always knew like, you know, I've always had reasonable genetics, but I was sort of like, well, hang on, what can I achieve myself? Um, I, you know, work's really one-dimensional. Like I like work. I achieve a lot of things that I wanted to at work, but I think there's something really fulfilling about pushing your body to limits that you want to go you know you don't have to be a david goggin but you just have to be like i think the fittest version of yourself definitely whatever that looks that looks like you know and that's why i created the 31 minute movement that's sort of been taken up by a lot of people you don't need a super lot of time to do it but you need to high intensity and you need commitment yeah so i think a lot of people go to the gym and they get sick of it one maybe they don't know what to do exactly but two they lack the motivation of a vision yeah so my vision of myself is you know i'm 47 now almost 48 and it's like literally i said to a friend about two years three years ago i want i want the best body being the best shape ever at 50 ever she rang me the other day she said matt when you said it i just thought you were kidding she's like you actually really are doing it and i'm like yeah i am like my body now today is the best it's ever been that's great um i just like i like the i like the the but it's not just that it's not just oh yeah wow you know matt's body looks good it's a reflection of your entire life it's an inflection a reflection of how you you see life because it's like if i can stick to these commitments of fitness that makes me feel better makes me perform better makes me just almost like align more to what's possible so it it ripples across your whole life my kids see it everyone you know like uh so yeah it's more than just hey let's go and create a good body you know what it is? So like, obviously the philosophy of 31 minutes, it, it makes sense. And the reason I like it is it's very easy as, as someone who, who views your profile or any fitness professional's profile and looking for inspiration or guidance, it's very easy to be a judgmental person on the other side of the screen and say, well, you know, when you're an athlete full time, of course it's easy to look good or of course it's easy to perform well. But like I said, we're talking about a guy who's got six kids is super busy in a professional industry that requires a lot of time and attention. 
So 31 minutes makes sense. Where did that philosophy come from originally? And what was, I guess, the motivation to push it out to the world? I just started posting myself doing 30 minutes and because that's really all I could afford to do properly, 30 minutes. And I've got a bit of ADD, so, like, I don't want to be in the gym for an hour and a half. Like, I'm not, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me. But 30 minutes at the time was like, yep, I get on the treadmill, do my own things, found out what works for me. I did that for quite a few years. I started posting it. And I was like, I was actually listening to David Goggins, like, push yourself a little bit more. So I made it 31 minutes. That one minute actually counts over time, you know, if you add it all up. And it's all that compounding, like, you know, my, my fat um, percentage is like 9%-ish, so it goes up and down a little bit, but, but I'm at the point now where I've really worked to get it to a, a space where it's, it's maintainable. You know, I live a certain way, I eat in a certain way, it doesn't mean I'm like a robot, but it's like, I think you make actions around what you want in the future, and if yeah. people don't have a real clear vision of what they want in the future, they'll actually live in the moment. And the moment would be a Cocoa Pops, whereas I'll have something else that'll be sustainable and not muck up my insulin because you get fat a lot of time because of insulin, like your insulin management. And then you've got too much energy as well. So it's the when you eat food, how you eat food and what you eat. So like your body's talking to you, you know, like it's um, you, you have to exercise for your own well-being, but you don't actually have to exercise to lose weight. No, correct. I think it's, it's more really, than anything, isn't it? Yeah, it's, well, it is, but it's also what you eat mainly. So when someone's really overweight, their body's talking to them and saying, hey, I've just got too much energy. I don't know what to do with it. But they keep putting more energy in. It's like standing at the fuel bowels of just putting petrol in your car and just letting it overflow and keep pouring it in. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's they're not they're not paying attention to the signals that they're getting because they're in a comfort mode. They don't have a vision that's driving them. Yeah. And like any part of their life, if you don't have a vision that's driving you, you won't have motivation, you won't have purpose, and you won't your results will be nowhere near what they could be. And I really like the body because it's like you can't it doesn't lie. It reflects exactly what you've been doing over time. 100%. Consistently. It's it's the best thing to look at to see somebody's almost somebody's life commitment. Definitely. You know what's funny? So, I think to, to butt in on, on, on what you're saying quickly there, I 100% agree with that because I think if you look at, obviously in any industry, there's professionals who disregard their health a lot because their work is their only or main focus. But I think if you look at most industries or most aspects of life, very successful people are usually anchored by their, their healthy lifestyle guys like the rock kevin hart who you seem to wonder where they get the time in the day but they always find the time for that morning anchor or that part of their day that gets their body in the right shape keeps their mind healthy as well and seems to steer everything they do in life with great discipline and that sounds like what you have that's why 31 minutes is everyone can do it you'd be amazed you look at my instagram and the stories that come in, probably 80% of them are women. Yeah. And a lot of them are women who work. A lot of them are women who have kids or who are house uh, full-time mums. Yeah. And the amount of messages I get from mums saying, I finally got something back for myself and I'm loving it because they can manage the time away from the kids. They can manage their time. They can't take half a day to go, you know, hiking and things. 
but 31 minutes of a really intense um, program, it does amazing things to your mind, re it refuels your tanks. There really is no excuse for not being healthy. You don't have to be the healthiest, but healthy. Yeah, definitely. What time are you waking up in the morning? Uh, 3.30, but I, <laughs> I, for some reason, I keep waking up at 3.20 something. I don't know why. And I was sort of forcing myself back to say, I'm just sort of pumped to go the next day. That's awesome. Um, so I probably get up re realistically 4.30 now. But I'm not saying I don't advocate get up at stupid yeah, hours. I just happen to just wake up at that time. Because you're a surfer, aren't you? I don't surf now because my body, I'm working on my body more. Yeah, so, so that's probably that surf instinct, right? Wake up a little bit earlier before it's... Yeah, I've gone so early all my life, yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. And yeah. are you, do you sleep often? Like, do you have good good sleeps every night? I love sleep. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So you, you I sleep in the car. Like, I sleep in the car once or twice a day too. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So talk to me about professionally. So like I said, I was in real estate for three and a half years. So I created some amazing connections with people in and around. I'm from the Illawarra. So I know a lot of people around. I worked in Melbourne for a year. So I've sort of got connections all over the real estate space and everyone was really keen to hear you come on. Of course, I know you've, you've got so much real estate content out there. There's probably a lot that people have already heard. And I know that a lot of your foundations for what you've been able to create in the industry is off the back of really hard work. You know, you spoke about your years door knocking in the beginning, which has obviously created a great foundation of hard work and, and creating connections in this industry. Is there any few things, I know it's, it's I, I tend to think real estate is simple, but it requires very hard work. And it requires a little bit of mental fortitude. Is there something that you think has stayed with you throughout your 23 or 24 years now? That consistently I, I just think, works? I, yeah, yeah, I just think people don't prospect enough. Yeah. It doesn't matter, like, it's no different than 31 minutes for your body, whatever. It's like, we don't have a shop, like, we don't have a supplier we can order stock from. Yeah. So we've got to nurture that. So if you're not nurturing, like actually going and finding more connections and relations, we're a relationship-based business. So you don't go prospecting for listings. You go prospecting to start a new relationship. So today, I, didn't, I knew you, but I didn't know you real well. So yeah. today we've done, a pod, we've done a podcast. So you reached out to me to do this. Yep. Yeah. I say no to a lot of people. Yeah. I said yes to okay, you. Okay, you're saying yes. That's fine. I said yes to you. And it's like... So our relationship will be slightly deeper now. Yep. And then something else over time, you, you might text me or whatever. I might text you, whatever, slightly deeper, slightly deeper. So if you have a house to sell in seven years' time, you'll use me. Correct, yeah. And I think a lot of people, a lot of agents, it's, it's no different to the, to the uh, eating thing. A lot of agents are so used to getting the instant satisfaction or they want the listing now, the sale now. Whereas I'm always thinking of, you know, five years time, if I want to have a million dollar month, I'm going to start building it now. Yeah. So, you know, you, so it's like, sorry. Um, so obviously it takes, I think, I think that's one thing that a lot of, I was, I was very much the same first six months in real estate. I wanted it all. We all do. We're impatient people. Um, you, you learn slowly though, that it takes time to build those connections. Obviously your first couple of years, you built some connections, you got some sales, some listings. Talk to me about when you realized that your passion was really in the industry and you wanted to become a business owner and further cement your legacy 
as an agent? I don't know if my passion's really been in the industry like. Well, actually, that's a really good point. Elaborate on that a little bit. Are you, are you passionate about real estate or is it more certain aspects of the business that excite you? Well, the reason I did it first off, I didn't really know anything about it. Like the reason I did it first off is that it was legal for a start, but <laughs> it, 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 it is a bit like selling drugs. You know, you got some stock, you find a buyer. Like it's a bit like that. I, was, yeah. I rang Dino one day and said, mate, this is like selling drugs. You, you got stock here and you got to go find the right buyer. But off you go. Like I sort of liked, I liked the, the thrust of it, you know. Um, yeah, I, I don't think you need to, I know people are going to say, oh, what's he talking about? But I liked it. Was it my passion? I don't really know. Yeah. You know, I, I sort of liked what it was. Um, could I do, I felt I could do okay in it. Do you feel yeah, like you've create. developed passion for it over time? Or is it still very yeah, much? I, I think I just became good at it and I could sort of see that it fit my personality. Yep. You know, like I, I could go open a gym and be passionate about it. I could go open, I don't know, like train young pro surfers to like Logan and my son and yeah. be passionate about it. Like I think you just got to vibe mostly with what you're doing. Because yep. I, don't, I don't think... I got passionate about the sport that it was, like the running race against other agents. Yeah, definitely. You know, like I don't really like going to people's houses and listening to how many PowerPoints they have and, <laughs> you know, while their spot is the best in the street, I'm like, yeah, the people three doors down said the same thing. Like, yeah. I, I find that really tedious, listening to people's own point of view around how emotional they are about things. Yeah, but I like the sport of, I like I like the sport of um, yeah, I like the sport of like dominating an area. I like that because I think you know I've I've spoken to a few people in real estate who are definitely not as high performing as you are, but but seem to do really well. And it's that it's that competitive drive. It's like an athlete. You you like the feeling. I've just been watching literally before we got on here. I was just um keeping up with the latest episode of the Michael Jordan documentary. And it's that sport of like wanting to be dominant and wanting to be the best at what you do. And that's what I guess drives you every day in probably a lot of aspects of your life to want to be in the best shape of your life at 50, to want to be the best agent in the country, to wanting to be the best father you can be. Obviously right now, you're, I think it's number ninth you were ranked last year by the REB, which for anyone listening, the REB is, I guess, like a, overall ranking body for real estate so it's it's credible i think look reb i don't know i don't even know how i get in there but it's like yeah ninth on the reb eighth this year but the main part for me was number one in mcgrath awesome that that's that that was the main thing i was striving for so when i was number one in rain and horn 20 years ago or whatever it was 18 20 years ago and then we joined mcgrath we got the first franchise and when i joined that the number one compared to what I was doing was like three times more. So I was like, whoa, these guys are really high performers. Yeah. And it took me 15 years to become number one. People were said, there's no way you'll become number one in McGrath in Terrigal. No way. It's just a little coastal town. You're competing against the best agents in Sydney. But yeah, it took me 15 years. 
So to, to be number one, obviously, what's, what's roughly an average sale price for your sort of business in that area? Uh, over the years, I don't know, anywhere from 900 to one to a million. Yeah, okay, nice. And so how many, how many listings are you basically selling a year to be in the position you are now? Uh, a couple hundred. Wow. You've obviously got a great team behind you as well. I had a chance to, to chat to one of your team this morning. How important yeah. is that team foundation for you? And when did you start building a team? Yeah, I've had, I've had a team for a while, but they come and go. So it's sort of like me and Trev are um, like 50-50 in the team. So he lists and sells, yeah. I list and sells at two buyer agents and just a, a PA. Yeah, nice. And actually, one yeah. thing I'm really keen to hear about is it's become quite popular in real estate, especially with high performers, to document their days, their journeys, what they're doing. Um, you've got a young lad, um, probably quite similar to my age, that follows you around and documents a lot of the stuff that you do. Um, where did that, yeah. I guess, that notion to want to document more of what you're doing and more of your days come into play? I think a while ago, what Gary Vee was doing, I, I thought, well, this is something that I need to pay attention to. Yep. Um, it's sort of like, yeah, I can see the social space. I mean, I've been doing videos for like 12 years or something. So it's like, I just ramped it up probably five years ago, six years ago. Um, and I could just see if I didn't start really owning that space as well, the best that I could, um, you get left behind. Definitely. Have yeah. you, um, for, for you, do you document a lot of your appointments or do you document a lot of meetings or is it more so the the ins and outs outside of those personal and sort of private meetings that you talk about the triumphs, successes, the, the things you have to face. Say that part again. Um, I was just saying, so when you document, obviously the stuff you do via video, is a lot of that video focused on what's happening in your meetings or is it more so outside of the meetings, you documenting what's happening along the day? Yeah, I found the documenting a little bit boring. You know, like the vlogging type thing. I like just sharing stuff, a little bit of vlogging, um, stuff that people like, bit, bit short, sharp info. I like that. Yeah. A bit my personality. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. And so McGrath now for how many years? 16. 16. And what are the plans for the future? Do you see yourself in real estate for the rest of your life? Are there other things that you want to conquer? No, build the business more. Got seven offices up here now. Probably get that to... I don't know, 15 or 21 day, stay in real estate, get fitter, take care of the kids, find a partner. Mate, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, I think that, mate, there's probably a gem amongst a couple of those mums that are... Wouldn't that mind are, a girlfriend. But you're a decent looking bloke. I reckon you've got, you've got a pretty good chance. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, yeah, so that's, that's about it. And, and one question before I let you go, I know you're a busy guy, so I want to let you get back to your day. Obviously, the development that you've had personally within the fitness space is huge. Do you, have you ever thought about maybe like stepping into that a little bit more, competing or, or testing yourself physically in any of those spaces? It's just more about the feeling you get from it. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I just I like do it for me. I like it. <laughs> Mate, I, I want to say thank you so much. If there's anything you could leave the audience with, what would it be? Um take care of your health because without any of that it's like pointless i love it you're a legend mate thank you so much take care yeah